In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. As we've been seeing, our Father, in 1937, when he was in the legation of Honduras, preached, uh, preached quite a few meditations to our brothers there in a time of great tension and a great time of a time of great uh, uh, difficulty during the civil war and uh, you know it is a it is a testimony to their unity and their closeness that as he preached people would take notes of his meditations and today of course as they put them all together we ha- we have we have those meditations and they've been brought together they brought together in a book called Growing on the Inside and um, in July of 1937 he gave a meditation on the mustard seed we've seen this morning we saw the sower Okay, the story of all the different earths then we saw the story or the, the parable of the, of the weeds that get mixed in with the, the wheat and now he talks about a specific type of seed called the mustard seed. And uh, we know the story. This one perhaps is, is, is the, um, I mean, the shortest of them, where he simply says that the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is, has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. So, um, this is the account of the mustard seed. I I remember many years ago, um, a friend of mine was working in a call center, and um, he had to sell some kind of product, and this was like 30 years ago, so he would call people, some random numbers, and there was a large room of people calling, and you know he would say his spiel. You know we're selling uh, this product, and and um, you know we try to sell this thing and uh, hopefully get a sale. And then as he was doing this, he he got to meet a fellow who was kind of searching what to do with his life, and he was quite young, was uncertain. He didn't have any real capacities yet, or but. So he was working in this call center to see what he could do. And they became good friends, and this friend of mine started to talk to him about the faith. And, and uh, as they got to talking more, he said, well, why don't, you just, why don't you just start reading the gospel? And he said, the gospel? I've never read the gospel. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. And the guy, the guy was very skeptical. Should I read the gospel? I don't know. It's religious stuff. I don't know. So... So my friend gave him a copy of the gospel, and um, and he said, "Okay, we'll see, we'll see." And so a few days later, during one of the call sessions, uh, they're each making calls. They're each calling, "Hello, hello, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. So and So, we'd like to offer you a special deal, just for you and uh, whatever." 
And uh, as they're talking, they're each having their spiel. They're multitasking. And my friend wrote on a piece of paper, wrote, uh, so how was the gospel? He slid it over as he's talking. Hello, Mrs. How's it going? We'd like to offer you a special deal. And then the guy's going, yes, Mr. Smith, blah, 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 blah. And, and then so he responds. And he, all he does is he writes a little dot on the paper, a dot. And he slips it back. He's going, oh, Mrs. Looks and sees a little dot there, you know. And he puts a question mark, slips it back. And the guy writes, this is the mustard seed. <laughs> this is the mustard seed. So, and then, they, you know, they joked about it after, you know. But, uh, you know, it's the smallest of all the seeds. Right? And it was just a little tiny dot. Right? And, uh, well, maybe the parable of the mustard seed must have had some effect on his life. And, um, well, you know, at this time in his life, it gave him uh, lots of hope that maybe he was like that mustard seed, and even though he didn't know what to do with his life, uh, that he was maybe destined to become a leafy tree. Mm -hmm. He sleeps and rises day and night, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. And just the thought of the tiny little dot gave this man, who had very little exposure to the Gospels, gave him hope. He did not know where his life was going. But suddenly it came to him that he had been planting some seeds. And, uh, and that that seed would eventually grow. He didn't know into what. So as we do our afternoon prayer now, we can tell our Lord, Lord, I want to be that leafy tree. I don't want to be just a mustard seed. I mean, that's good. But uh, I want to be a place where others can rest, like those trees that, or rather those, those birds where the others could rest in the, in, the, in the tree. But first I must see where the seeds are in my life. I must see the roots of the gospel, grace, sacramental grace, the grace of vocation, and this man had also understood that though he did not know the answer to many questions of life that somehow God had given him a potential way beyond what he could imagine and and so let us picture what our leafy tree will be like in 10 years from now in 20 years from now and we must think of that with great uh, optimism. I know that um, in some in my day when I was in high school, the the uh, yearbooks for the for the you know graduating class would have a question that everybody every student was allowed to answer: What will you be doing in thirty years from now? Right? And uh, well, some people said, "Well, I'll be prime minister. I'll be this. I'll be that." You know, big big things, right? One person said, I'll be a shadow of an outline after a nuclear war, you know, like, <laughs> I'll just be a shadow against a wall, you know, after there's been a massive war. So, you know, it's not exactly the most uh, optimistic vision. Of course, those were the days when uh, Neville Shute was popular and the famous uh, book called uh, The Beach about nuclear war. But... Uh, and, uh, and so we have to be very optimistic uh, and be able to do things, plant seeds, even though we don't always see the fruits. Mm-hmm. 
I know that here in Canada there's a popular summer job. I don't know if it's still the case. I, I presume it is. There's some companies that offer students the possibility, young students, of tree planting up north. Right? They go to Alberta, they go to Manitoba, and they go into these rather rigid conditions, or, 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 or rugged conditions rather, and uh, they are part of this Canadian reforestation program where they go in large groups and they take hundreds of saplings and they go into these large areas that have already been um, forested, you know, the, the trees have already been cut down and these are places that literally look like war zones. I mean, they there's just half trees and, and mud and uh, just it's just a mess. You see that place. It just looks like a, a scene from World War One or something, you know. But uh, and uh, and they they learn. They have these special bags, and they learn how to take these little saplings, of which they have many, many in these bags, and they go and they put them in. They have to put them straight. They dig a little kind of a hole and they put them in and um, for each half hour they have to I don't know how many saplings they have to plant but but as they go through the the sapling has to be straight it can't be tilted it can't be just thrown there it has to be you know with its roots down so that it grows straight but then they do that for I mean weeks I suppose right and then they come back and those saplings are still there but they, they don't get to go back there. They don't get to go back to see how those saplings are maybe now into large pine trees or cedars or whatever they've planted, right? And uh, But they know that what they've done, that work will be very useful for future generations. And it's 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 very tough work. There's, way, there's, uh, there's um, rain, there's high winds. But they feel they're not just contributing to nature, but also to the needs of people 30 years from now, because those trees are only going to be valuable 30 years from, from now, right? Or however many years it takes for these trees to grow. And, um, and so something like that we have to do. We have to be ready to, to do that planting in the souls around us, in our life, in the way we work. Could I have that optimism, that, that, you know, that phone call, that email, that talk is going to turn into a large cedar tree one day. That, that smile when I open the door at somebody who can't figure out where 75 BP nickel is, you know, you know, and I always oh, hear, yes, I'm sorry you couldn't find it, and, and we, you know, we receive them with love and uh, affection. You know? um, a little girl who is maybe told about this but doesn't know her way around or doesn't know how to make a pancake, you know, but, uh, um, you know, uh, do I realize I'm planting very important seeds? Hey, that little girl is a little girl now, but uh, she's going to be, you know, a young lady in a few years from now, right? And, um, and of course, our father spoke about the mustard seed, and he knew what the mustard seed was. And when our father talked about the scene from the gospel, and the scene of the mustard seed, he was particularly struck when he explains it in that meditation and growing on the inside. What he emphasizes is the attentiveness of people listening to Jesus. That's what he's struck by. That people were all around him, they were paying attention, everybody was there, old, young, sick, healthy, but everybody was listening quietly. 
they were listening and like they could hear you could hear a pin drop when our Lord was speaking and that's what we have to do in our prayer we have to learn to listen and see how Jesus captured their attention and what he said in that very moment he captured by those images by those parables and all of those people around him young old uh, infirm sick healthy smart not so smart uh, all of them would have gone home in some way thinking reflecting deeply on those words some like Matthew and Mark and others uh, would have uh, afterwards taken note and that's how we got our, our gospels of today and they would have been influenced or, or, or inspired rather by the Holy Spirit as they did it but to hear those words, this is what our Father says in his homily, they had to be very silent. To hear the words that are like a seed that are entered into their souls, they had to be silent. Right? Just like those saplings that were planted by those students. These are all rugged students. I mean, they were rugged. They have all tattoos and, uh, you know, funny hairdos. And, uh, but, but they had to know how to plant those saplings. And they had to put it in the ground properly. And those people there listening to Jesus had to be very silent. They were very aware. Am I listening here to a prophet? Or maybe I'm listening to more than a prophet. And as he spoke, you could hear the leaves rustle in the wind. It was quiet. Maybe you could hear the, the birds chirping. And maybe the birds too were listening. Who knows? But... Uh, but just the way they surrounded him around that boat they realized that something of great value was happening and that in turn gave fruit Jesus was not just a man selling his wares he was not just trying to make a profit he was not just trying to convince me of something for his own purposes like an advertiser or one of those scammers who's telling you that this computer is compromised and therefore you have to buy our software this is what our father said in that meditation growing on, in growing on the inside he said God our Lord we're, all, we're ready to heed whatever you want to tell us so it's like speaking to Jesus directly we're ready to hear whatever you want to tell us speak to us we're attentive to your voice May your conversation penetrate our soul like an enkindled dart. May it inflame our will so that it launches out fervently to obey you. Yes, listening to God silently, attentively. This must often be our prayer. Letting our heart enkindled by His counsels pour out the full measure of its affections. Then our words seem out of place. You know when our father says that, he often says that, your words are just, what are we going to say? Our words seem out of place. We have to this idea we have to listen, like that crowd of people, we have to listen. Their sounds, the words that is, their sounds distort what our heart seeks to express. This is the moment for the Deus Meus et Omnia of Francis of Assisi. It's the moment for us to exclaim with that other great saint, Saint Joseph of Calasanz, 
who is so little known even to us Spaniards, my God, I love you above all things. St. Joseph of Calasanz was a Spanish priest from, I can't remember what century, 17th century or something, who, uh, who had suffered a lot of persecution and uh, who our father prayed to, to keep the work together, to keep it united. And so when our father preached about the mustard seed, it always filled him with a lot of hope. Jesus always has something to tell us. Because he saw the work itself then, in 1937, which is when he was preaching about this, during the Civil War, as just a handful of men, without prestige, without financial means, without experience, just practically setting out in life, like a mustard seed. So when he spoke about it, he saw, we were like that mustard seed. He said, but we know that in the supernatural field of the church, from this mustard seed, there will rise a bush destined to cover the entire world, in which many birds of the air will seek shelter. That's, that's what our father was convinced of. Way back there in 1937, just a few years after, after founding the work, and just had a handful of men at that time. So, like our father, we have to be filled with faith, to be filled with wonder now that God wants you and me to be a big tree. And throughout our life, we will grow. We will grow in interior life. We will grow in virtue. We will grow in professional ability. You know, if you're expert in, in this area of the administration, you'll grow even better. And then you'll become multitasker. And then you'll, you know, you'll be able to give even better talks. And they're going to record your talks because they're so good. And the, you'll learn the task of talking to young girls. And, and many will shelter in our branches. So we ask of you, many will shelter in our branches. What does that really mean that they take shelter? The branch of my human formation... Uh, the branch of my care for family life, where I participate actively in, form in family life, the branch, that other branch of fraternity, that's another branch where a lot of people have to rest on, the branch of my love for the Father, the branch of my unity with the, uh, my, my sisters in the work, the branch of my life of prayer, my love for the norms, my professionalism in my work, my humility, it's another branch. A lot of people rest on the humility that they see in others. They have to see that. If, if we have an expression of, of pride, it's like the branch is broken off. Have I seen these branches in others? Have I seen them in myself in any way? Of course, these branches can't grow unless the central trunk of this tree is solid and watered every day. Every day. And the trunk is our faith, the trunk is our vocation, our confidence in God, and we have to water it with acts of faith. 
and the, the seed and the tree go really go together not just the tree alone but they each have their purpose I heard a story of a theology prof in Rome who met a guy who was an absolutely avowed atheist but he would though he was an atheist and I, as I understand living in, in, uh, in Rome he loved to go to Mass and he would go to Mass and he would go to some place where they had like the Latin High Mass or something and he went there I think he was like a historian or something and he went there for its cultural and musical value <laughs> and he went to Mass not to pray but he appreciated the aesthetic beauty of the you know, whatever choir they had there. Uh, just like somebody who would go into a museum and admire the Rubens and admire the Velasquez and, or like somebody who would go to a concert. And he went there as though he were contemplating a work of art. But of course, we might think, oh, that's good. Uh, well, obviously he was missing something pretty essential. It's as though he was missing the seed, right? The seed. And uh, we, don't, we don't do our norms, in other words, we don't do our norms just to do them, just to quieten our conscience, just to get them done. You know, least of all, the Mass. You can't just, like, oh, it's time for Mass, it's uh, 7.30, uh, priest is coming, we better go to Mass. Uh, yeah. And then, but in the mass, we're thinking, oh, I have to, this to work on, I have that to work on, I have this thing that I have to run. It's cold outside. I'm going. What am I going to wear? Am I going to wear the umbrella? Am I going to, you know? In the meantime, the the priest is saying, "Dominus vobiscum," <laughs> you know, and uh, we have to go there with all our senses, but most of all with our faith. That's that's the mustard seed that will grow. That's the mustard seed that will grow. That's how we have to give glory to God, especially in the Mass. Do I attend Mass just as something I have to get out of or get out of, get to do? Or am I really rendering glory and praise to God? Like, like what uh, St. Alfonso de Liguori said, he said, one single Mass gives more honor to God than all the penitents of the saints, the labors of the apostles, the sufferings of the martyrs, even the burning love of the Blessed Mother of God. Whoa. You know, that's like one Mass can do that. And, and so we, we want to be at that leafy tree. I want to be that leafy tree. Lord. Uh, we want things to be we want the tree to, to grow right away. But, you know, we, a tree is not like, um, like having a bike where you have to pump up the wheels, you know. You just pump up the wheels and, and you know, it's pumped up right away. Uh, we have to be patient. Same thing with a person. A person doesn't change overnight. A person does not switch, you know. We can't say, Change push that button we can't say vocations uh, like you know switch the dial like on the microwave up to 30 you know and uh, and we press and then beep 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 we get 30 vocations you know it's uh, 
the, the mustard seed is small, but it's kind of slow. You know? Slow and steady. So we have to be ready for that. Not, but nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. I mean, I know we may have a sense of urgency. We want things to happen immediately. We want the leaves to sprout what right away. And um, in certain sense, it's true. We have to have a sense of urgency. I understand that. But we have to also uh, have a deeper sense of patience. You know, you see this these days with the pandemic and all that, that there are more and more cases of road rage or air rage. People in airplanes freak out and there are assaults and they've been growing. The amount of assaults has been growing and people react very badly because something you know has contradicted them and the masks are, make them tense they make them more agitated so we need patience patience eh? and uh, you know the, I don't know if you've seen that movie but there's a new movie out called Unhinged Unhinged about uh, a guy who who murders his ex-wife and her husband and then there's a fender bender or something on the road and he goes into road rage and uh, it's all about he goes after somebody in the whole movie and, he, and just it's absolutely one destructive destruction after another and now I'm in the car and I go go, go ahead go ahead you know <laughs> I, I let people pass like I don't want to you know so you, you think that people are going to like go all nuts on you you know and, um, and but it's true we have to be patient we have to be patient you know this guy whatever you know he somebody honked at him and he just took it the bad way and the whole movie is based on somebody honking you know? and uh, <laughs> imagine that you know um, but it's a kind of like a it's like a community service uh, announcement you know please you know just relax you know um, we know the tree doesn't always grow that fast but that's okay this is what Cardinal Ratzinger said in the year 2000 when he spoke to religion, religion teachers it was on the jubilee of catechists he said in a wonderful passage he said yet another temptation lies hidden beneath this the temptation he said of impatience the temptation of immediately finding the great success in finding large numbers but this he said is not God's way for the kingdom of God, as well as for evangelization, the instrument and the vehicle of the kingdom, the parable of the grain of mustard seed is always valid. The kingdom of God always starts anew under this sign. New evangelization cannot mean immediately attracting the large masses that have distanced themselves from the church by using new and more refined methods. No, this is not what new evangelization promises. He said, new evangelization means never being satisfied with the fact that from the grain of mustard seed, the great tree of the universal church grew. Never thinking that the fact that different birds may find place among its branches can suffice. Rather, it means to dare, once again, with the humility of the small grain, to leave up to God the when and the how it will grow. 
leave it up to God with regards to the when and the how it will grow. Same with our, our apostolate. It's up to God. And as the old proverb says, success is not one of the names of God. Success, no. You know, so we, we have to faith that God is going to act, even though we may not always see that success that we would like. So let us ask uh, our Blessed Mother, and uh, let us ask her Regina Apostolorum, and let us ask her together, Sed Sapiencia, the two work together, that we be patient with the mustard seeds that we are sowing into the land, into the new evangelization, into the apostolate, in our work, so that we become a leafy tree, and that many, with time, with time, will be able to rest uh, in our branches. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.